in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the unartificially intelligent Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I would hate to be accused of being artificially intelligent. Yeah, you know, um, there's so much uh, talk about AI these days. Uh, I just, I think it's good that there's still some naturally occurring intelligence oh. in the world. You know what I mean? Well, I thought you were saying that that I just... There was no intelligence, artificial or not. No, I was saying unartificially. You're oh. not. Your intelligence is not based on artificial Whoa. qualities. That's good. Yeah, um, as far as I know. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you know, you could be uh, a. Have you ever seen that movie AI? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it came out like what, 10, 12 years ago? <laughs> Yeah, that was like 12 years ago when they made a movie about it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. By now, maybe the technology's gotten much better. Maybe they've been able to... I've I've only known you for nine years or something. So, eight years. Domo origato? <laughs> Mr. Roboto? <laughs> Thank you very much, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn, uh, speaking of naturally, incur- naturally occurring intelligence... Hmm. We are co-founders of a whimsical site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a little stroll through uh, human-curated, non-artificial intelligent content. There's no intelligence. I Look, Facebook's using AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google's using AI. Apple's using AI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Like, There's those three, and then there's us. Mm-hmm. And we're choosing not to use AI. We're going in the opposite direction. We we base what's popular based on how many times you actually go and click the button that says you like it. Right. So I mean, it's actual human beings. It's human interaction intelligence. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, so that's uh, that's the difference between us and Google. Mm-hmm. And real adult, uh, real adults, <laughs> real humans go and. Curate this, Brian. That's right. This, this isn't right. a news feed. Right. We don't like fake news through because, well, we're we're not fake. And we can detect it. We're 100% real. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're 100% real, <laughs> not a robot, you should, you're going to be moved mm. by podcast.gentleman.com. Yes. Uh, podcast.gentleman.com is where you can go to listen to 120 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast in numerical order. Mm. Um you know, I think that if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, um, especially one through uh, 98, I would say it's kind of a prerequisite from listening to this yeah. podcast yeah. because we have this whole backstory and it's this epic tale and et cetera, et cetera. So if you haven't listened to them, I would stop right now, go back to episode one and just listen to 98 hours of the Gentleman podcast and then come back and uh, listen to this episode. It will make a lot more sense. Yeah, because this we, episode will. we have this was well, tons. There's tons of spoilers in this episode. Yeah, we've been systematically, you know, setting up future episodes, future plot lines. Right, we're like JJ Abrams for podcasting. Right. right. Yeah, we just provide a hook. You don't want to go listen. You don't want to go watch. You know, episode three of Star Wars without watching episode one. Exactly. I mean, you know, 
What? Who's Senator Palpatine? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 not be silly here. Go back and listen to all instead of one through ninety eight. I would say you know one through one twenty will be your safest bet. So you know about one hundred and fifty hours mm-hmm. of uh, us talking like this. And and the reason you should do that is really important. And we'll tell you next episode. Yeah, next time we'll we'll get into that. Um, but anyway, Glenn. Uh, speaking of which, people out there, if they want to get in touch with us. This isn't a one-way conversation. Mm. It is, but it isn't at the same time. <laughs> um, you can't talk to us right now, but through the magic of the internet and the postal service, mm. you can actually get in touch with us. Uh, we prefer you to do so by using the U.S. Postal Service, which we know and love. And you can do so by sending a letter to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66054, where we will get your letter. Uh, we will take a look at it. We'll read it. We will put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, which we know is a... <sighs> of fame and then we will talk about the podcast and we will probably send you something back in return depending on the nature of your letter and what you have to say to us so think carefully before you send it choose wisely choose wisely um and failing that if you can't send us a letter let's say maybe you live in a town where there's no post office you know you're out uh in the middle of nowhere in the desert district number seven yes district it's a future township and it's in, it's a wasteland, and there's no post office. Uh, you can turn to the internet and send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com, where we will take your letter and we'll t- we'll talk about it. There's no hall slash wall of fame for that. No, uh, but we will we will uh, we will talk about the podcast. Uh, you're welcome to send us an email. Like I said, we will get it. Howdyatgentleman.com. You can go to the various social networks that exist out there uh, anytime as well, and um, and then we will be complete. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you will have been made new. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. All right, Glenn. Well, <laughs> in any case, uh, let's get on with the uh, podcast. Let's get to the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week, Glenn. And uh, this week we have another beer that's been brought to us by our friends at Amazing Clubs. Hmm. Uh, no, actually, uh, it's, we're not sponsored by Amazing Clubs. Um, and but not, we could be. But we could be. Just think about that. Um, <laughs> I was fortunate, to, fortunate enough to get a, uh, a gift. Uh, my girlfriend's sister and uh, her husband sent over a, we talked about this before. Good people. A, uh, a gift of beer of the month. Yes. Which uh, is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Every month. And uh, first, the first one, I was a little dubious because it was like, I've never heard of this brewery before, but, you know, I was like, Crab Town something. I don't even remember. But it was really good. It was, it was really actually, good. It was pretty good. It was, a, it was a crab ale or something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So anyway, I was, I was pretty excited about that. So then I got in the um, in the little mixer pack that I got. Uh, I, I got this Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan beer. And mm. uh, this is the original Pecan Nut Brown Ale. I so love I'm pecans. often imitated. Never duplicated. Right. Um... <laughs> But but anyway, so yeah, I, I was I thought I was intrigued by this. I'm a pecan guy too. Yeah. Uh, so I I, th- I thought, hey, let's give this a shot. This sounds like I have could seen work. this. Maybe, well, maybe I've seen an imitator or two at the liquor store, but I think I've I've only seen this label looks very familiar. Hmm. So I think they carry this locally too. Oh really? Maybe. It <laughs> did say it did mention Kansas on their website. Uh, yeah. As as a 
I think they might. Yeah, so it's possible. You might have seen it at a liquor store here. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure. So, uh, anyway, point is, Glenn, but uh, the funny thing was I did have, they uh, included in my variety pack was a Lazy Magnolia um, IPA, and it was the worst IPA <laughs> <laughs> I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Let me let me clarify that I do not. I'm not a fan of IPAs. No, and this was an incredibly intense IPA. So there are people out there that would probably really like this beer. I was not one of them. I wanted to get it over with, like uh, you know, <laughs> taking a splinter out of my foot. I wanted oh, to get, wow. get the get the IPA done with. Yeah. Well, and then go on to something else more promising. And this pecans. is more promising. Yeah. Pecans sounds more promising to me. Um, so anyway, this is Lazy Magnolia, which is Mississippi's oldest brewery, according to them. Uh, which is interesting because they said they started in 2005. Wow. Mississippi's a little behind <laughs> on the... Little, uh, it's a little... I mean, even Kansas. We were 1980 like something. 1991 or something like that. So... Man. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's interesting. But uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's a good sign. You know... I'll, Look, I'm suspicious of some uh, breweries that don't make outrageous claims these days because they all do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just they like, do. It's it's part of the part of the thing that every brewery does. <laughs> yeah, how refreshing would it be to go to a website and then say something to the effect of "We're really new and yeah. we don't we don't really, do anything. We good. don't really know if it's any good. Right? We're just doing this for fun. We, yeah. We, we actually took out a big loan yeah. and we're a little nervous. It may not may not go over very well. <laughs> Frankly, we've done terribly in the past, but I hope you like our beer. Um, that would be cool. Anyway, all right, Glenn, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pop these open and see what these taste like. Oh, thank you. Ooh. All right, Southern Pecan. Yeah. The original Pecan Nut Brown Ale. Ooh, that is... Cheers. That is potent. Potent, potent. Ooh. Man, that is... Huh. Syrupy. It's very, yeah, it's not super sweet. It's just thick. That's not bad. I kind of like it. That's kind of, like yeah. It. Yeah. That first taste was kind of cool. It definitely hits you in the in your teeth to start. You know what I mean? That's pretty good. I like that. Let me tell you something, Glenn. There's a lot of ways that a pecan ale could go wrong. There are a lot of ways. And they've so, avoided, I think, all of them. Most of them have been completely avoided, so I appreciate that. Okay, Glenn. Well, um, if you had to, say, give a rating uh, to this particular beer. Uh, oh, we need to know stats. I'm I was going to say, I don't know very much about it, Brian. I'm sorry. I, I totally jumped the gun on that. Um, it's so, all right. The stats on this beer, I will tell you. Uh, the original gravity is 13.5. The final gravity ends up being 5.2, Yeah, which is what we'd expect. Sure. Uh, bittering units, 19. Uh, lava bond scale, 15. Alcohol by volume, 4.39%. Uh, the hops are Domestic Nugget and Willamette. Uh, or, sorry, Willamette. Uh, that's the right way to pronounce that. Mm. Seriously. Right. Um, <laughs> that's over in Oregon. I know that. Um, the aroma is nutty and caramel. And uh, the flavor profile is sweet with the soft maltiness, lots of caramel flavors. I do get a lot of caramel. I think that's the kind of syrupy. Uh... Yeah. Mm. So now that you know that, Glenn, it is very um... soft. It's all, it's not very you know like some some what's the term they use for drinks that are real strong boozy you know like it mm-hmm. tastes boozy. Yeah. This is the opposite of boozy. Yeah, it's a little. It's like it might content. come out of a syrup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's just. Thin. Right. But it is four point, uh, what'd you say, five? 
percent alcohol? Four point four, basically. Okay. So yeah, oh, uh, we don't really know the price. Oh, the price. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure on the price. Hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know. I would imagine it's probably middle of the road. I, yeah. I, whenever just... I see them, they're never not like at eye level. So yeah. I'm sorry. They're never at eye level. So I imagine they're maybe a little bit less expensive in terms of beers in the area. But I don't. I don't know for sure. Let's just call it. It's you know. Let's just say it's eight forty nine. There like, you go. Right, Perfect. You know, right down the middle. Yeah. All right. So. I think if I had to do that, I think I'm going to give this a 7.5. 7.5? Mm-hmm. I think it was 7.8, actually. Okay. Um, I feel like it's, you know, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would drink a whole ton of them, but as a nice change-up yeah. uh, on a fall afternoon. Um, I, I tell you what, if you had that right after the IPA, that would have been what cured you. Yeah. Because that, that would have been like... you out real quick. Whew. Yeah. Well, now I know. I was saving it because I, I was, you know, I was like, I can't have any of these because it's going to do the general podcast with it. So, um, anyway. Wow. Okay, Glenn. Well, you said 7.5, and I 7. said 7.8. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now the, the the fact of the matter is we're going to have to wait and see on the uh, the real voice of the gentleman podcast, the Mustache Twist Kettle Computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the MTS uh, computer is proprietary in nature in that me and Glenn developed it. Uh, it is deep learning AI, artificially intelligent, uh, machine learning, uh, data science, algorithmic. Uh, There's nothing natural about it. No, it's it's all unnatural. Right. But, but for the good of humanity, right? Yeah. So we, we, we basically created this supercomputer mm-hmm. that Elon Musk would probably be upset with this over because he's worried about these things. You know? Yes. And he probably, what ha- probably happened was he probably found out about the MTS computer that we've been talking about on the podcast, and it totally freaked him out. Yep. He Gotta build like, a Hyperloop. Oh, crap. <laughs> Gotta be going to Mars. Let's, let's get off this planet. Let's get this Mars thing going now. <laughs> Rating beers with machines. Uh, this is craziness. Uh, anyway, Glenn, so this computer is going to tell us what the empirical scientific score of the Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan beer is. And all I have to do is type in some facts here, which I will mm-hmm. do okay. now. Okay. So we said we're going to start with the price because I'm not sure, but we're just going to say it's middle of the road, eight forty nine, which is right around the median mm-hmm. price for six packs uh, in this area. Uh, the original gravity is thirteen point five. The final gravity was five point two. The bittering units was nineteen. The lava on scale is fifteen. The alcohol by volume is four point three nine. The hops were domestic nugget and Willamette. Um, Willamette. Willamette. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, people in Oregon. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and the flavor profile is sweet with soft maltiness. Lots of caramel cup flavors. <laughs> okay okay so uh that should be enough for the mts computer to compute and i will just get up and go get that right now because i can hear that it's done with and oh i just okay let me just step over here and i'll just go get the got the, here okay got the um print off for the <clears throat> okay so i got the uh the print off here for the mts computer uh just gotta switch over to do Mississippi Delta Blues about, uh, Leonard Skinner Yeah Muscle Shoals Oh that's in Alabama Oh Alabama oh, right, right. Yeah they talk about that here yeah. too yeah. Uh, Okay then Well the MTS computer says uh, Officially Empirically That this beer Could be rated At a 7.65 Whoa Wait oh, that's okay. not right Yes that's right <laughs> That's right Yes <laughs> That's <laughs> definitely right Definitely rated At a 7.65 <laughs> 
Uh, which is pretty good, pretty good. I, I did happen to go check over at Beer Snobs, and not surprisingly, they're not—they're uh, not happy with this beer. In fact, they gave it a, uh, a forty-nine or a four point nine. Really? So this has none of the things that Beer Snobs like. It has no bitterness in unit units. Right. It's not flashy. It's not expensive. It's not high in alcohol content. Right. Um, the hops are low. The hops are low. So look, if you like hoppy beers, I get it, but. I feel like it's overrated. I feel like the hoppiness is just... Just one factor. Just one piece of the pie, Brian. Uh, fortunately, we have the MTS to empirically say for sure oh. that that's the case. It's a good beer. It's a solid beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, move on to some interesting posts from Gentleman.com the last two weeks or so. Well, our, our, our faithful community has scoured the interwebs and has brought us a bounty... Of, of wonderful things to talk about. Unfortunately, due to time constraints, copyright, lawyers, right. all this stuff, we only talk about around three. Mm-hmm. So these are probably the best ones to talk about from the past couple of weeks, Brian. And batting leadoff is our good buddy Razorback, who posts amazing things. You're not going to find a bad thing this guy posts. But this one is bad. Brian? It's, it's bad. It's bad. It's one of those posts that I liked, and I was like, I don't really like this. But I don't I like it. it. I appreciate yeah, him knowing. reporting on it. Right. And he reported on the fact that Franklin Barbecue had a fiver. <laughs> a fiver. Had a sixer. <laughs> this is big news. <laughs> no, they had a fire, Brian. Yeah. And the damage was extensive. So saith founder and head chef Aaron Franklin. Um, pitmaster. Sorry, they don't. He's not a chef. He's a pitmaster, but he is a James Beard Award-winning pitmaster. That's which, chef, as which, far as I'm concerned. Which is a which is a pretty salty accomplishment there. But basically, um, uh, in late August, the m- incredibly popular, maybe the most popular barbecue place in the world, caught on fire, mm-hmm. and um, and this is Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas. And the fire is uh, estimated to have done about $200,000 worth of structural damage. Um, but that's not really what's important. What's important to you and me, Brian, and every other person who would go eat here is how many weeks is Franklin Barbecue going to be closed while they recover and rebuild, right? And fortunately, um, according to Aaron Franklin, the, the guy who founded it and is, is the guy who would know, he thinks it's going to be... Uh, a few weeks. They hope to open in a few weeks. So, this was in uh, the 26th of August uh, when this has been reported. So, we're going on a couple weeks now. So, maybe you only have to wait another week, right? Mm-hmm. Before you can get back in line and stand in line for three to four hours waiting for... The best barbecue in the world. The... the In, in Austin, not in Kansas City. In the world of barbecue. Yeah. It is... Well, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, to, the brisket. You, you can have award-winning... James Beard eats this brisket, Brian, mm-hmm. and he gets it stuck in his beard. He gets he James eats. Beard gets yeah. it grease on his beard. Yeah, and Anthony Bourdain has loved this place. You just there's no other place like it. Aaron mm-hmm. Franklin's a, Aaron Franklin is a great guy. He shares a lot of his knowledge. Anybody who wants yep. to know, just just a cool guy all the way around. So he's I really got, hope. Uh, yeah, I hope he pulls through it. It sounds like he's pretty upbeat about it. Nobody was there. Nobody was hurt. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah, and the the uh, where people sit actually inside um, is mostly okay. So. As he said, the 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 
the uh, the part that got burned down was separate. That's where they do the, right. the smoking and all that yeah. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, very well. I hope it all works out for him. You know, I'm sure with the kind of money he brings in with his stuff, it's not going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's insured. So, still, you know, never fun to deal with. But uh, but yeah. So no. we'll we'll keep you posted and find out when uh, Franklin Barbecue. There's going to be a lot of disappointed people in Austin, Texas, for the next three weeks. I I, I was disappointed, and I've never eaten there. Right. <laughs> so well, we'll see what happens with that. Um, thanks to Razorback for posting that. Uh, next up, we have I don't know if this person we've talked about this person before. Uh, J Mac four four J Mac four the fourth uh, J Mac the fourth. Um, Hard. Yeah, hard to say exactly. Maybe it's IV. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's got a nurse. A, maybe he's a or she is a, a nurse. As a nurse, first respond. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, we're, we're really <laughs> making a lot of assumptions based on somebody's based username. Based on a few here. letters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this is called Colombian Company sells stylish bulletproof clothing in Miami, um, and this is a story from the Olympian. Uh, it's it's kind of a long story, but basically Miguel Caballero um, in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, <laughs> Made some waves recently because he demonstrated shooting a thirty-eight caliber pistol into his wife's stomach as she wore uh, some of their bulletproof garments. Stylish, stylish bullet. So this is this is not a bulletproof vest. This is like sport coats that are bulletproof. This yeah. is like uh, you know they said one of their biggest products is a tank top. That's yeah. that's uh, bulletproof, and they said it only weighs two point four pounds, which is. I mean, kind of heavy for a shirt, but you right. know, still, like, that's I was thinking, I was like, that's too far. I could wear the tank yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. It's a hunch you slip shoulders over a little it, bit. It might cause some, <laughs> you know, but um, but anyway, this clothing line is based in Columbia, and it's marketed under the name MC Armor, and now it's available in the U.S. in Miami, um, and it's both stylish and effective enough to stop a bullet. Uh, but, of course, this stuff plays well on social media, and that's why he was doing that, um, but I guess this is the second time that he's ever shot his wife. <laughs> the first time was not for a demonstration, actually. No, that's... Uh, no, we shouldn't no, make no, light, no, light no, of that. That's, that's not, true. That's, that's not fine. Sorry. That's that, a bit offside. That was, a, that was, <laughs> that was uh, my fault. Accident. That was a total accident. I just came up with... Um, anyway, moving on. The, uh, but, so, the idea that it's, like, light and stylish and flexible mm-hmm. and allows people to wear bulletproof items without people really knowing they're bulletproof. Uh, I started this company in the 90s and I thought a couple of things were pretty interesting about this. One of them was that he says uh, that he ha- he has produced bulletproof Bible covers for threatened priests. He's armored backpacks for uh, school children. Wow. And once, as a special order, he made a bulletproof kimono. <laughs> now, I want to know who ordered that. Uh, drug kingpin? I mean... I, uh, I don't know. Total badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, and the other thing I thought was pretty funny, well, not funny, but kind of interesting about this. Uh, it says, in this one sentence in this article, it says, but as Colombia has grown safer, Caballero has been forced to look abroad. Uh, he needs to find some places that aren't as safe as Colombia. <laughs> So, Mexico, Central America, Who knew? Uh, the U.S. and Miami, uh, Africa, and the Middle East are big expansion projects for this guy. Wow. Um, so, I, I just think it's kind of funny that, uh, yeah, go find some places that are really unsafe, and that's where his best market is. Yeah, he's based, just a reminder, he's based out of Colombia. Yeah. <laughs> 
And he's probably the only guy in Colombia that's like, oh, man, it's like so safe here now. They're really cleaning the streets up. Uh, I gotta go someplace else to sell my bulletproof. Find some Ford investors. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that's kind of interesting. But uh, I, I say, you know, I get the whole social media um, promotional aspect of it, but mm-hmm. I would say probably he needs to dial back the shooting of his wife thing. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot her. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'd shoot anyone. You right. Could put, put the vest on a, you know, stump or something. I, I guess my point was, is that if both of them were standing next to each other, I'd probably aim for him. Oh, gotcha. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know I where don't I was know. going with that. I don't know if he's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he's clad in a bulletproof, uh, shirt or not. This yeah, is like he the might Houdini be, thing. Yeah. Somebody's going to show up and like try to put a bullet in this dude because right. they think he's the the bullet, you know, the bulletproof clothing guy. Right. And he's going to be like, I wasn't ready. I didn't know. I wasn't not, ready. I, I wasn't flexing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's hope not anyway. Uh, interesting stuff. If I ever need to get uh, get one of these tank tops, I'll be looking this dude up. Yeah. Seriously. MC Armor. I, uh, it's like a rapper name. Yeah. Well, you say you could be the original Under Armour. Right. 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 Bull- well, that's copyright. Gosh. Well, anyway, thanks, J Mac the Fourth. J Mac IV. Um, what do we got next, Clint? All right. Well, I posted this next one. There's no excuse for it. Brian. I'm not going to thank you for this. I'll just come out and say it. I posted it, and I posted it because I posted it as a PSA. It's a warning. People need to know that we are in a rat apocalypse. Right. We are okay. smack dab in the middle of a rat apocalypse now. Yeah. And I posted an article from the New Republic. And I don't remember how I found this, if it was on social media, if it was on one of the websites that I peruse daily. But it uh, sent a shiver through me, Brian, because I don't like rats. I, 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 don't, I do not like them. Um, and apparently, <clears throat> due to some warming trends we've had... Uh, rats aren't really... They're, they're, they're producing at a faster rate when they shouldn't be mm-hmm. during winter months. Right. Um, which has snowballed uh, into a rodent crisis. And it's more prevalent in bigger cities. For example, uh, in Chicago, the rat complaints have gone up 9% from last year alone. Um, and Philly and Boston recently ranked the two cities with the most rat sightings in the country. So if you... Live in those two countries. <laughs> if you live in those two cities, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, it's a problem. And if you don't, if you think, well, you know, it's just a little rodent, you know, they just scurry around. They don't really hurt anything. Uh, consider this: uh, rats breed like rabbits, and two rats in an ideal environment can turn into 482 million rats over a period of three years. They get busy, yeah. They mm-hmm. they they uh, they get after rock it. the Casbah. Yeah, they do. It's like a it's like a disco every night for those guys, <laughs> and they're living the high life. And uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> this article is actually kind of like pretty sobering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean the the basic gist of it is that when the so when it cools down outside when it comes, when winter rolls around. They stop breeding as much. Right. And because it's been so warm, they basically nonstop breed like it's, you know, 1999. And Woodstock. Yeah, exactly. So uh, 
So it's a problem. And, you know, I we, living where I live, we live kind of in a big field, basically. Mm-hmm. So we've got, you know, stuff that we, we haven't had anything inside, thankfully. But mm-hmm. we have lots of problems with stuff outside. Like our cars are continually messed with mm-hmm. by these... Uh, by by mice and and other rodents and cause a lot of damage you mm-hmm. know and they also are like have a lot of disease that they carry with them like freaky disease um <laughs> freaky <laughs> freaky deaky yeah <laughs> no it's like rat stds no 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 you know stuff like uh what's it called uh the there's some it, it dutch could, elm disease it's no there's actually a serious serious life-threatening disease that that some like a small percentage it, it's similar to ebola oh uh, like um it, it starts with an h it's uh, uh sal hantavar- hantavirus. hantavirus yeah so that's soul that's a that's a nasty little thing that a very small percentage of uh mice and rats carry around that if you're exposed to it as a human being it could be fatal can cause ebola like hemorrhage hemorrhagic yeah. Fever. Right. So I, I know what Ebola is. It's so not, yeah, it's not a good matter. No. Um, so oh. anyway, it's pretty freaky. And so like I'm always careful if I encounter some spot around the area that's had you know mice or rodents around it. You got to be super careful about it. And um, you know I wear breathing protection and all that stuff. Um, if I'm you know gotta gotta be around it or gotta you know whatever. But uh, so anyway, yeah, having more of these guys around not a good situation. And I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were talking about how Lawrence, there used to be like, I think it was somebody in my neighborhood. Like somebody was saying that there used to be no rats around here at all. And then it was just like, all of a sudden they're just like everywhere, you know? Really? Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's one of those problems that gets worse and worse and worse. And we don't even live in a a big metropolitan city, which they said is like the big problem because there's all this food out there for them to get at and shelter for them everywhere and all this stuff. So we don't. We're kind of in a in a place that they're not as bad, but still, it's kind of a problem here. Ugh. So anyway, the um, article goes on to talk about possible well steps that could be taken by either the government or, and they're they're basically saying that it's time for the government to step in. Right. That they did this in the sixties uh, and seventies, and they kind of squashed the effort in the eighties. Reagan did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time. To maybe uh, to th- rethink that, uh, yeah, re- re- yeah. Put that. And you know what? Of all the all the enemies that you know, the world has all all the all the all the quarrels and everything. I think we can all rally around the fact that nobody really likes rats. Yeah, right. Put our differences behind Can't us. Can't we all just exterminate agree some that, rats? Yeah, we should take a flamethrower through the rats. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, maybe not a flamethrower, but at least we should try to keep them under control because I don't want to. Like an arachnophobia. Oh gosh! You imagine? A... Yeah. <laughs> what's that? Uh, what's that movie with uh, Crispin Glover? Where? Oh, Willard. Willard. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I just remember the cover of it. I won't. Yeah, that's right. I won't see anyway, it. Um, okay. Well, no Willard type situations. Um, and speaking of, well, just. <laughs> Getting moving past this is what I'm trying to say. Let's just get this story over with, Glenn. Okay. Um, and move on. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to put it to bed. Let's never speak of this again. Uh, that means it's time for the toast this week, Glenn. Yes. And uh, once again, we have a toast to somebody that's unfortunately passed away 
this week. Hmm. I hate it when we do this, but it's like the only time that some of these names come up that you think about. Uh, get in the, they, they get in the news, and I start, I think, oh, yeah, that, that guy that did that thing, and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I feel it's kind of our duty, too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. To shine a light of right of uh, remembrance. That's right. Um, so, anyway, unfortunately, we have a, a one of those again this week where uh, Walter Becker, who is one half of the amazing musical duo Steely Dan. Steely Dan is actually one of my favorite uh, my favorite bands to listen to, and uh, Walter Becker was like him and Donald Fagan are the two guys that were the constants throughout the early '70s into the early '80s, and then again in I think the early 2000s they reformed hmm. and did a made an album that won a Grammy or two or three or four or something like that. Uh, but anyway. I would, one of the things I'm not going to say too much about this guy because everybody knows who Steely Dan is hopefully and if you don't go out and listen to some of the records I'm a huge fan of the Asia record mm-hmm. uh, which was one of their biggest ones uh, you know the, they just got an interesting style it's very smooth and laid back mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciate and it's also very you know they had like Michael McDonald singing mm-hmm. backup vocals they're one of the first bands that really got into the concept of spending a lot of time in the studio to just do it like they were more interested in making a great recording than going out on the road and touring. Mm-hmm. Um, much to the chagrin of some of their... They had a lot of rocky times with some of their band members because band members wanted to go out and go on the road and stuff, and they just wanted to, to make a really great recording. Um, and so anyway, so they were one of the one of the original groups that were kind of got into that process of, of spending a lot of time in the studio to perfect a certain kind of sound. Um, but one of the things I thought was interesting that I didn't realize was that in one of their earlier incarnations, before they had formed Steely Dan, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker were in a band with Chevy Chase on drums. What? <laughs> yeah. Chevy Chase went to the same college that they did. That's awesome. And uh, one of their earlier earlier bands, uh, he was he was back there behind the kit. Wow. Keeping the beat smooth for him. Uh, which is, you know, kind of too bad. Didn't work out. I would have loved to have seen Chevy Chase play drums. In a, yeah, I thought that band. was that was pretty awesome. But uh, anyway, uh, so Walter Becker, yeah, he's he spent his whole life doing the Steely Dan thing. He when that kind of stopped going in the eighties, he be, I think he moved to Hawaii and became like an avocado farmer or something, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty awesome. You know, it's a, it's a life change. You know what? Yeah. You uh, so anyway, uh, but uh, so yeah, I just wanted to highlight uh, Mr. Walter Becker. Uh, legendary co-founder of legendary band Steely Dan. Yeah, I loved. I had a greatest hits album that I listened to in high school. Was that the gray one? Uh, I think it's red. Gray. It's a, there's a gray and red one. Maybe that was it. I know one of my buddies in high school only had one CD in his car, and it was Steely Dan's greatest hits. And that would. And I tell you what, if you got to have one CD, exactly. we listened every time I got in his car. We listened to that CD. See, Ricky, don't lose that number. Yeah, one of my favorites. Peg. Peg. Uh, favorite foreign movie. Favorite foreign movie is a great yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, what was there? I don't even know if that's the name of it. I think it is. Sometimes I get Dire Straits and Sultan's a Swing. Or Sultan's a Swing. <laughs> Steely Dan. Uh, mixed up. But um, yeah, I I love their sound. I No one can ever really duplicate that. Very for, yeah, very formative for me, too, at that yeah. age. Just like, wow. It, it was, really, really good musicianship. I... Know? I had never heard anything like it before. I, I the first time I really started remembering it was um, when I got in my buddy's car to to go places, yeah. and I just remember 
um, I just remember listening to it and being like, what in the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then after I listened to it a few times, I started really enjoying it. Like, yeah. I thought it was crazy at first, and then I got into it. So I, anyway, I thought that, that was pretty cool. That's the album. We're looking at it right now yep. in iTunes. and uh, yeah. I think my favorite song is Reeling in the Years. Yeah, that's a classic. That was actually on their first record that they put out. So, huh. so pretty pretty cool. Um, favorite foreign movie, I don't believe that's the name of the title, but I... I'm not sure which one it is. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I just I, I totally messed that up. But um, uh, anyway, so uh, the, there was one other thing I was gonna say. I can't remember what it was. What it was. Uh, crap, I can't remember. Um, I was just gonna say something else about it, but well, in any case, Glenn, uh, a toast to the late great Walter Becker. Walter Becker. Reeling in the years. Reeling in the years. Don't away the time. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Um, and hot and buddy topic. topic. Um, and this week, Glenn, uh, Facebook's back at it again. There's a, new, there's a new feature they're rolling out, and it is called Watch. Hmm. They created a wearable? These guys, not only do they do bad stuff, they also (laughs) name it horribly. Like, they can't seem to... I don't know. Anyway, uh, so Watch is basically like YouTube. So Facebook's gone from, like, creating something that was original and interesting to basically just remaking all the parts of the internet. Right. (laughs) Gobbling it up. So I'm wondering, like, when they're going to have a search engine, uh, when they're going to start making um, tablets. Yeah. You know? Uh, anyway, but so they're, they're I hope they do it soon because it'll destroy them. Right. right, they'll just start hemorrhaging money. Uh, so so anyway, uh, they they came out with this feature watch, which basically is sort of a competitor to YouTube, but it's it's uh, it's a platform for people. So there's a lot of YouTube celebrities out there basically that create original videos and have huge followings, mm-hmm. and this is another alternate platform that they can use and try to monetize their content and reach their audience and all this stuff. And instead of uh, Facebook having to give money to Google, they said, hey, we'll just take the money. And so that's what they're doing. Uh, And in addition to that, the other part of this, too, is that they're also creating their own original series. Um, In fact, uh, Mike Rowe has an original Facebook series that he's doing. uh, And then also Mr. LeVar Ball, who we all know as uh, the loudest mouth uh, ever. In sports. Father of any kid ever. Um, <laughs> they've got a reality show. Like, it's a ball family reality show that is just follows them around, and that is debuting on Facebook as well. Well, I'm going to be tuning in. <laughs> tuning in, turning up. Yeah. Mike Rowe would be fun. Mike Rowe would be fine. I'll watch that. I'm fine with that. I'll watch that one. Yeah, of course. Look, if Mike Rowe's behind it, yeah. can I be against it? No. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some soul Much like Miracle here. in Manhattan. You could it's not be behind it. You cannot be against it. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, uh, so yeah, so Facebook does it again. Another platform to suck us in there. Or did they? Hmm. They do seem to have a problem with trying to remake stuff and then making bad. Remember when they? Remember when uh, Messenger used to be a part of Facebook and yep. now you have two different apps? Yep. And they're I both incredibly annoying. I won't install Messenger. Oh, really? I, 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 I had to. I, it's like I'm almost at that point where I have to, but I would just I just keep holding on. It's like they're yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Hoping that I won't have to communicate with Facebook anymore. Uh, you know, it's it sounds like we're 
we're curmudgeons and we hate Facebook. It's not that. It's that no, I hate Facebook. Well, okay. <laughs> we we distra- we dislike them strongly, but the reasoning is because they they don't they're not good for people. Right. Like if they just don't have the best intentions, mm-hmm. decisions they've made, things like that. So. Yeah, I, I feel, you know I feel like there's this thing about how you know Google used to have this thing about don't be evil. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Facebook is like, we should try to be. Evil. We should try to be evil if we yeah. can. Yeah, <laughs> basically, let's just try to be evil. Yeah, and if we can't, right, or we get found out, or you know, yeah, then we'll be you know borderline. Uh, I don't know, but so yeah, it seems like they just continually make bad decisions that mess with people yep you know like forcing you to install this other app when you just really want to have the facebook thing um you know copying all of snapchat's features uh copying all of snapchat's features buying instagram it buying a chat which well what's that i don't maybe? know yeah i i spent like six months trying to get my notifications to stop like hitting me every 24 hours to, right you know this person commented on this other person's photo that said that, you know, this other person was tagged in this and I'd get a notification about it. And I'd be like, and it was funny because it was like they upped the ante. If you don't, if you don't open up your Facebook app, they just start finding things to notify you about because they want you to open it up. Yep. And I finally got enough settings taken off to like say like, don't notify (laughs) me about this. Don't notify me about this. Stop notifying me about this. And I finally stopped getting notifications about stuff. But I still get errant ones from time to time where, you know, something about, like, you know, so-and-so is at an event somewhere that's, like, within seven miles of you or something. It's just, you know. I'm sure they are because they live seven miles from you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everyone in Lawrence, anything that they're doing, is going to hear about it. Uh, Yeah. The thing thing about going back to the original problem, Brian, Facebook Watch. Mm -hmm. My thing is is that... They, I, I just feel like they. Have, I just feel like at some point they they can't sustain this because they're they're not adding anything compelling other than the platform, right? And eventually that platform is going to go away because the nature of ecosystems and mm-hmm. and I just I, and also it's already started to happen. Like people don't use Facebook anymore; they use all these other platforms, right? Um, I don't know. I just I just they when you sink a bunch of money into something com- repeatedly, I mean hosting videos. It's expensive. It's expensive. expensive to do. They're, I mean, they're going to be running ads during it, so they're going right. to end up making money off it, I'm sure. But, sure. Um, my thing is, out of the gate, the first show they sign up is a reality TV show <laughs> with the Ball family. Right. I mean, if there's one thing we don't need more of, right. it's hearing about that dude and his family. Like, I, No one in America needs to know any more about it. ESPN already... Uh, they might as well have their own section of the website Seriously? devoted to this dude because they will not stop talking about him. They, and can't, it, they can't help it. And it's like, if they would just stop talking about it, he would go away. Yep. But they won't stop talking about it. And so this only further encourages that behavior and that idea. You know, this just means that next year there's going to be another LeVar Ball. You know what I mean? I completely forgot, Brian. One of our hot-button topics, if the Facebook thing wasn't enough, could have been that the little... The little ball. Right. The youngest ball has yeah. his own shoe now. Yeah. And he's in high school. And he's in high school and he's saying, like, they don't they don't care about him going to going to college. Like the sh- he, I think his quote was, like, the shoe takes priority or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, I mean, 
yeah, it's just a really weird situation. But I think you're right. I think Facebook. This is this just smells like something they're going to try, yep. and it's not going to work. And then pretty soon it'll be renamed something else, and it, it might know. work. But they can only expand to so many things without the system falling in on itself. Right? Yeah, not to be all conspiracy theory, you know right? I mean? But I, I just feel like they're just reaching out too far, and eventually, I think they're freaked. I think they know that they're screwed, yeah. and they are worried about it, and they're trying to find ways. Video is so it's so annoying because everybody basically figured out that if you play video, people will watch it. Yes. So now we have auto playing video ads all over the place. Uh, the, uh, Instagram has auto playing videos every time you're yeah. scrolling through stuff. It just starts yeah. playing video stuff that I don't want to see. Like I don't want to see it. Yeah. You know, but you're forced to watch it because you know that's they, they auto play other video because it increases engagement. You know. <laughs> Whether or not it's a good user experience, <laughs> who cares, right? So, I don't know. Just all those things are kind of pet peeves of mine. Like, it's not like it's making it a better user experience. It's making it worse. Except it's more engaging. So, let's just do it. You know what I mean? Nah. I will not be watching the LeVar show on uh, on Facebook. That's like two things that together I <laughs> Totally despise. <laughs> That's right. They found a way. Yeah, <laughs> put two things. It's in like the they same. went up to yeah. They went up to somebody and they're like, "What would Brian hate the most in the world? <laughs> this uh, reality TV show about Levar Ball on Facebook, handling snakes." Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I will not. I'm not going to watch that. But uh, uh. so I, I was. I, I'm going to go on record and say within the next year and a half. Facebook will have rolled this up into something else and renamed it something. Yeah, maybe. I bet it'll hang around for a long... T- I bet it'll hang around for a while because there's so much money in video. Like, people yeah. pay a lot to advertise on YouTube and there's a lot of money being made. But I think it's just a sign of the time. I mean, not the sign. I think it's a, a desperation move, like you said. They waited so long. I mean, they could have done yeah. this a long time I was just thinking about time that. Ago. This is like, yeah, like, YouTube's been around for what? 12 years, 15 years. And there's more videos in Facebook. Like, they have, they're yeah. in a stats. Like, right. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Okay. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll report back on that. We'll, we'll find out what's, what's going on with Facebook. Uh, tune in next week on our Facebook Live. Right. Uh, our show that we're starting. Our show. <laughs> Reality TV show starring me and Glenn. Could be in the works. I don't want to give too much away. Um, we've, we've, been, we've been in talks with Facebook. Mark, call me. Um... <laughs> anyway glenn love your site buddy love your site yeah it's really good uh, oh, facebook's so good love it um i can't get enough of it all the notifications yeah just uh, i love mm-hmm. the notifications it's great mm-hmm. um anyway glenn okay well, let's move on uh and hopefully we'll hear from zuck here in the next few minutes um <laughs> that's time for the uh final segment of uh the gentleman podcast which is questions from the gentleman mailbag and uh, this week, Glenn, I was thinking about this question because I had an interesting problem uh, at my house that I never would have ever anticipated would possibly happen when I moved in this place. Uh, we, Laura and I went outside for the eclipse viewing mm. a few weeks ago. And I looked up from my vantage point because it was totally cloud covered. I wasn't looking at the eclipse. So I just started looking around at my, my yard. It's like, well, that's nothing to look at up there. So I'll just look around my yard. And I looked over and I saw that a tree that I had, a huge tree that's at my house yes. in my backyard, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the branches seemed lower than 
I would I imagine they were, and I thought that's weird. That grew really fast. It like sprouted out and grew these branches it that grew I downwards. Grew downwards. I was like, that's really weird. Uh, and then I started thinking about it, and I was like, I wonder if it's actually just kind of leaning out of the ground. So I went back and looked at it, and sure enough, the tree had started to pull itself out of the ground, and by the next week, it was laying over on the ground. Mm. So I have this massive tree uh, that's fallen over in my backyard, and of course, uh, Laura and I called up some people to come over and take a look at it and tell us how much it was going to be. 2500 bucks to, to remove this tree. <sighs> and we've got a house fund that's supposed to take care of yeah. situations that arise you know uh but gosh if that wouldn't eat so far into it mm-hmm. you know what i mean that it just started making me think i can handle this yeah that's right you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like winked at laura and i was like i got this <laughs> did she wink back no she was <laughs> she was like no you don't you do not have this, do you this really is, think i'm you not having this, this. <laughs> uh <laughs> It's half my dream. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, <laughs> uh, I but the the thing the mat, the point of the matter is uh, the in the question the the question I'm trying to get at Glenn is where do you draw the line between paying somebody a bunch of money to do something and then just saying screw it I'm going to do it myself. That's a good question, Brian. Typically, and I was trying to think my process for this, and typically I, I'm lucky in that I have. A, a, a lot of people who I know right. who are very specialized. So right. I know I, got, I know a car guy. Yeah, and I know a you know a painter, and I know right. so I, all all walks of life basically. So you basically befriend people exactly. in order to have them around exactly. in case something happens. And at it's least I can say, hey, what do I do? And they'll be like, oh, we can fix this here. Let me show you how. Right. Or they're like, no, just just right. just. So that's usually I just yeah. defer right. to other people. What if I don't have any friends? Well. Hmm. Well, yours is a unique case because not many people have. Do you have know a, anybody that I could befriend? A tree that cutter. is a tree guy. <laughs> I don't know many tree guys. I'll just start hanging around with. <laughs> I should. You know what? I, I should. When the guys came over to do the estimate, I should have been like, "Hey, you're a cool guy. You want to get some beer sometime?" Yeah. You know, I don't know about this tree, but I sure could use a drink. I'll get the first round. <laughs> yeah. Well, this or yeah. the second. Right. Uh, so how I should have. How far will twenty five hundred dollars go? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, a new saw. Yeah, exactly. I'll get you a new saw. Right. Uh, yeah. So I just no, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Well, I, rely on the knowledge of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't have artificial intelligence. Right. I don't really have much unartificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Either way. Yeah. I'm asking. I'm asking um, for help. So, I think, um, I think I've kind of fluctuated back and forth between, um. Because when we bought the house, we had some plumbers come over, and they totally hosed me, like mm. big time. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty unhappy with how that whole deal went around. Mm-hmm. So I basically kind of made the decision at that point to if if it's not if it's not something that's going to be dangerous, like extremely dangerous, because everything <laughs> is dangerous. Kind of. You're talking about chainsaws here, bro. Yeah, everything's kind of dangerous. You know. <laughs> Uh, but if it's not going to be something that's extremely dangerous, like plumbing, mm-hmm. that's not very dangerous, you know. Uh, well, I don't know actually. <laughs> it depends sure on, I depends on the uh, the amount of the clog. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but so I, I decided, like with that whole deal, that the next time that stuff comes up, I'm just going to do it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, staying with minor electric electrical stuff a little bit, mm-hmm. not a whole lot, because that's kind of dangerous. That's right, and you can burn your house down. Right, so that's not good. 
the problem my my fork in the road on this matter is that it's not a specialized skill. Nope. It's kind of dangerous, but you can manage the risk a little bit, and it's basically just a bunch of hard work. Right. You know. And right. so, um, I th- I'm, I decided to go ahead and tackle it myself, which seems like a great idea until. Uh, I was out there working on Sunday, and it was 90 degrees outside, and I took a walk to the very, very back part of my lot, and I looked up at the tree, and it is it is formidably, I mean, formidably tall, like, and it's this fallen over tree. So, uh, looking up at it, I just, my first thought was, oh my gosh, what have I done? How am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I've just been thinking about it in four-hour increments. There you go. I think that if I work on it for four hours a week, by October, mid-October, I should be, you know, <laughs> half done with a it. A third. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Q4 2018. No, but I think, I think yeah. you know, I think I could do that. It's just about a lot of hard work. And it, it's hard work. And yeah. it really gave me a lot of appreciation for the guys that go out there and do that every day. Yeah. I told Laura I was sitting out there doing it, and I was just totally drenched with sweat, you know, just disgusting and uh, tired and miserable, getting bit by mosquitoes, yeah, uh, you know, just all this stuff. And I just started thinking about, hey, there's there's guys that go out there every day and do this eight hours, ten hours a day mm-hmm. uh, for a living. And... Uh, that's a tough job, man. That that's hard. I only did it for four hours, and I was like, "Man, get me out of here," you know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I got a lot of respect for guys that go out there and do that kind of stuff for a living. And the other thing I thought of was this is all things to keep me like motivated, you right. know, because I mean? you start talking to yourself when you're out there. You're like, "All right, let's do this. Come on, <laughs> you know, there's guys that do this every day. Yeah, you know, come on, let's do this. Uh, I can do it once a week. Yeah, exactly. But then I started thinking about also the people that. Before there were power tools, oh. there were guys out there with hand saws that were taking trees out like this size. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, really, it's you know when you think about it in that perspective, it's it's not as as a big of a deal. At least that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you're right. I think you'd be glad that you that you. Well, I mean, I think monetarily, prov- I'll be glad. Yes, provided you don't lose any digits or limbs right. of your own. Yes. Uh, I think you'd be, I think you'd be, you know, okay with it. Yeah. Looking back, once it's all in the rearview mirror, yeah, talk to me in November, yeah, and we'll see where we're at. Yeah, yeah. when you're halfway in November, yeah. a third ish <laughs> of the way. Um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But yeah, so it was this. It was just one of those things where I was like, I can't, can't do that. I can't yeah. do it. And the other part of the problem too is probably the the uh, the most convincing part was the fact that when I was out there. Subsequently, after these guys came and give, gave their, you know, oh, that was going to cost about $2,500. Um, I looked over to a second tree that was just <laughs> like 15 feet away and it's doing the exact same thing. So I've got these two <laughs> massive trees that are both falling over. And then, like, then I started sinking in that, oh, this would cost me $5,000 to handle it. You know what I mean? Or you could buy a new chainsaw and have firewood for like five years. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I, I'm going to try to tackle this one on my own. Maybe maybe for, maybe it's a terrible idea. I don't know. I think it probably is. Maybe. But uh, it's not the first time I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> that's, that's what I can't let creep in my mind when I'm out there working on this thing. 
<laughs> I have made a huge mistake. A huge mistake. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Glenn. Well, okay, well, I'll keep... Oh, you know, that's one of those plot twists. We'll keep it... That's right. Tune back in to find out what happened with my tree. That's right. That's right. Me and my tree. A boy in his tree. Yeah, a boy in a... <laughs> yeah. I will... Uh, I'll, I'll I'll keep that uh, I'll keep that story going. What are you gonna do with all the? It's a hedge tree. So what are you gonna do with all the hedge apples? I'm just I'm burning them. Well, I'm, right now I'm I'm bagging everything and putting it out oh. at the curb. Well, but they love you. <laughs> Every that's, week, this guy. This it's <laughs> oh that's the worst part. Yeah, that's the definitely because that's you you have to chop everything up tiny and put it in a bag. Yeah, drag that thing from here to eternity down to my street. <laughs> It's a it's a chore, man. It's a lot of work. Hmm. Probably see me in like two months, and I'll be like super buff, like <laughs> juggling chainsaws. Juggling chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's hope so. Anyway, um, okay, Glenn. Well, that that's uh, that, that's the wraps on that episode one twenty one of the German. Podcast. I feel like it was a good one. Well, I feel like I feel like it was adequate. I think it was. Somewhat agreeable. It wasn't to your constitution. The podcast you wanted, but it was, it was the, the podcast you got needed. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got. Yeah, it. you got it. Anyway, uh, okay, Glenn. Well, thanks everybody out there for listening to episode one twenty one. We'll be back in two. We'll be back. We will be back. <laughs> we'll be back in two, in two weeks for episode one. Get to the chopper. Episode one twenty two. Until then, I'm Brian King. I'm Glenn Sainsbury. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Hasta la vista. (laughs) Baby.